Hello, hello again. Welcome to another episode of Carving the Divine TV. My name is Yujiro Seki, and I'm a director, writer, and the producer of the documentary Carving the Divine. Carving the Divine is about the Buddhist sculptors of Japan, and this tradition has 1,400 years uh, of history in Japan. Uh, I thought it would be interesting idea to present information about Buddhism and the history of the Buddhism uh, so that when you guys finally watch my documentary, uh, you guys can watch it at the maximum value. So that's why I started doing this, but I think uh, this project has a, is a, a much more than that. We can learn uh, and uh, basically cultivate our life with new information. So without further ado, I would like to introduce my uh, scholar, uh, Michael Jordan Van Hartenwelt. Welcome, Michael. Thank you very much for having me back, sir. Awesome, awesome. So today we're gonna uh, dive deep into Japan. Uh, I'm very excited about it. We talked about the Shintoism last time uh, because we thought it would be uh, important to talk about the Shintoism before we start talking about the Buddhism in Japan. So now here's a question, burning question that I have for you, Michael. Uh, you know, there was a, this like a, a religion, or whatever we want to call, like a relationship with nature, Shinto, before Buddhism came to Japan. So I would think that, you know, maybe some, there was some uh, argument or a conflict that, you know, between native Shinto and uh, Buddhism, because uh, Buddhism could be considered a falling invasion. So, uh, tell us, Michael, so what happened? Okay, so I think to really talk about the relationship between Shinto and Buddhism, I think we should actually talk about how Buddhism first came into Japan. So, in the earliest days, during the Kofun period, um, which is... Uh, probably a little bit later than the Kofun period, actually, I would say during the 5th century um, CE, there was a very, very sparse Buddhist colony or Buddhist group living in Japan. Some records say that there weren't any. Some records say that there was only a few. Um, I tend to lean towards the idea that there were a few Buddhist monks or Buddhist people living in Japan during the 5th century, but not so much that would actually sway the history of the nation. It wasn't until during the 6th century when you really started to see Buddhism take off in Japan. And the reason for that is because there was an emissary group that traveled from the Korean Pekche kingdom with monks, with nuns, and with objects, including sculptures. Now, they wanted to send over these emissary groups because they believed that there was a good experience. They themselves had a good experience with the peaceful religion. And so they thought that this new set of islands that, they, that laid to the east coast of the continent, they thought, oh, they could benefit as well from this religion known as Buddhism. Now, when Buddhism first came into the Japanese archipelago, uh, there were two main clans who were looking to support the throne. The clan that supported the throne would be favored by the, the, the emperor in power. Um, the two clans were the Soga clan 
and the Mononobe and Nakatomi clans. Now the Mononobe and the Nakatomi clans were united against Buddhism. They thought, we already have a religion. We already have an established line of thinking here in Japan. It is our indigenous faith. It is our indigenous relationship with nature. They wanted Shinto to remain the official state-supported religion of Japan. The Soga clan, they were progressive. They saw the, yeah, I would say that they saw the strengths of having a religion like Buddhism coming into the nation. Well, if this religion is backed by the Chinese and the Koreans, who are both powerful nations in and of themselves, well, then we should bring Buddhism into this country as well. That was the Soga line of thought. Now, eventually, there was a little bit of conflict between the Soga clan and the Mononobe and Nakatomi clans. And eventually, the Soga clan became, I would say, triumphant. They were able to influence the throne. But that's not to say that Buddhism had an easy time. There was the dissolution of these small Buddhist enclaves. There was an epidemic. And there was the reinstitution of um, the Buddhist enclaves as well, and the Buddhist thought. The greatest supporters were of Buddhism in Japan were the Empress Suiko and the regent Shotoku. And we'll talk about Shotoku a little bit later, I think. So they rallied the nation under Buddhism under the auspices of harmony. Now, there was no conflict with Shinto itself, only with its supporters. Shinto was a very syncretic religion. It was able to be modified and moved around so that the deities in Buddhism would not conflict with the deities in Shinto. Eventually, the deities in Shinto would become the Japanese manifestations of Buddhist deities. But that's a really complicated process that I don't want to discuss right now. But that's something that we will be discussing in future episodes. That's beautiful. So pretty much uh, Kami and the Buddha, they kind of become the same thing? Kinda. Exactly. Okay. Um, there are Kami who became the Japanese representations of Indian Buddhist deities. Wow. What an open-minded religion. <laughs> it's incredible. It really is. <laughs> Great, great. Awesome. So, yeah, Michael, so tell us uh, what's going on in your world right now before we end this show. Um, so, not much is going on. I've been kind of keeping it, like taking it easy, uh, not really doing many projects right now. Um, I am working on a handbook of Japanese Buddhist art for LACMA, and that's taking most of my time right now. But other than that, I'm staying pretty relaxed. Awesome, awesome. Sometimes, uh, you know, a guy like you need to uh, relax, I think. Uh, uh, Rest my brain and everything, correct? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Awesome, awesome. So, if you think this information is useful, make sure to subscribe to my YouTube channel, follow me on Twitter and Instagram, and like me on my Facebook, because that's how we do it in the 21st century. Yes, sir. Cool. Awesome. So, I'll see you next time, Michael. Take care. Have a good one.